Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to the Brown Vegan Podcast. This is episode 112, like one of my favorite R&B groups. I hope you're having a good day. Thanks so much for tuning in. With this podcast, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. And also, I love to talk about wellness topics, overall health and vegan entrepreneurship, just anything that has to do with lifestyle, especially being a vegan and vegan lifestyle, because of course, it's so much more than food. It is truly a way of life. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also don't forget to come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm brownvegan over there. So before we get into this conversation, I just want to say thank you so much for all of y'all love and support over the last, I would say, six weeks of episodes. Y'all, I can't believe, can y'all believe, okay, if you've been listening to this show for a while, can you believe that I'm like six weeks in a row over here? I haven't been, I don't think, this consistent since early 2019. So it just feels really, really good to be back in the swing of things and just having these conversations and connecting with so many people and connecting with y'all on Instagram too. This has been a lot of fun and I'm just so so thankful that I'm answering to this calling and I'm doing this work it just makes me feel so good it really helps me to have something to look forward to and I just hope that we can continue to just grow this show so if you have any friends that are interested in just having a good life and they're interested in a vegan life definitely recommend this podcast to them so in today's episode, I have another lovely guest. I actually have Andrea, who is shamelessly fabulous on Instagram. Go check her out. I love her. Andrea's goal is to inspire folks to live their best life from the inside out. And I promise you, she delivers on that. If you follow her on Instagram, you'll see her dancing, sharing foods, sharing tips, celebrating other women. She just, oh, I love her energy so much. So in this episode, Andrea and I are going to talk about why she decided to become vegan, being vegan with her family, adjusting to all of the changes of 2020. I know a lot of us are still adjusting <laughs> to this new normal. So we're going to discuss that. Also, Andrea and I are going to chat about self-care and self-love and gratitude and exercise and all of the things that you need to bring joy into your life. So I know you guys will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Be sure to follow 
Andrea on her Instagram. It's shamelesslyfabulous.com. Also, she's just started a podcast. So I'll make sure that I link that at brownvegan.com, which all of the details from this episode can be found as well. So that's brownvegan.com under episode 112. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the conversation with Andrea. So my journey to veganism started probably about six months before going vegan. And well, actually, I think everyone's journey to veganism like starts way before they ever go vegan. And it's like these little nuggets of truth or these little, these little like heart knocks, right? Where you, something doesn't set right with your soul or your spirit. Like I would go to the zoo and every single time I would leave the zoo, I would feel conflicted. I would feel depressed even like this is not right. And so, but six months before I went vegan, I was watching these documentaries. I watched one called Blackfish and I watched one called The Cove. Mm -hmm. And in these documentaries, there's nothing to do with veganism at all. But in these documentaries, you see that human supremacy has been taken to this level where you're like, who do we think we are? And I uttered the words to myself, you are no different because I ate animals, but I wasn't ready to change and everybody ate animals. So it wasn't something that I really had to do. But those documentaries had me questioning like my interaction with animals in that way. Then let's see, Prince died. And I found out that he would not allow people to eat animals or animal products in his house. And I was like, okay. And Prince, I'm like, like diehard Prince fan. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I wonder like, what's, you know, what is, what's to that? Like, what's, what's that all about? And then my sister who I had just met in 2016 in February of 2016, she came to my house and we were uh, serving up cow that day, steak. And she was like, do you have anything else that I can eat? Because I'm a pescatarian. And I was like, why don't you eat these animals? <laughs> and she was like, well, I saw a chicken go into cardiac arrest. And I was like, oh, I would never eat a land animal again. And so that like, kind of like put something into my head about the way that animals are treated. And then the final kind of like nail in the coffin was my dad called me and told me that he had panc pancreatic cancer. And I was just like on Google, like what, what causes pancreatic cancer? And one of the top things results. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is eating animal products. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And then I met a vegan. She had this little bracelet on that said vegan on it. And I was like, okay, so my heart has been telling me that I need to like stop eating animals, but I don't know how. And so we sat there and we chatted for like, two, three hours. And by the end of it, I was like sold. I was like, okay, her and her family had been vegan for over three years and they're fine. They're, there's like five of them. They're thriving. So I can do this. So that night I went home, I had the last animal that I ever ate, which was a fish. And that I decided like, that was it for me, mm -hmm. but I didn't force my family to do anything. Okay. We're going to talk about the family thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, cause I actually, now that it's been years, I, I feel like I forced my family. So I definitely want to talk about that. But before we do, I think that it's, it's so common, which you said, how so many people have, a, I guess, like these little inklings to do it. They get these little whispers 
um, over the course of their life to go vegan. But the how is what always trips people up, which is uh, it was a blessing that you actually were able to run into someone who was able to help guide you through that. But I think that for so many people, the how is the stumbling block. You know, that's why people don't actually do it. So what were some of those first things that you did once you got home and you know, did you do more research? Did you just start experimenting in the kitchen? What did that look like for you? So what it looked like at first was me saying to my family, I no longer eat animals or the products that come from animals. I didn't want to call myself vegan. I knew that. I was like, it seems deep. I don't want to go deep. I don't want to be like that person, but I know that I can't put these things into my body anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So I basically like was subsiding on like salads and lentils and rice. And then I think a week or two after we went on vacation, we went to Texas. And since I didn't really know much about veganism and I still wasn't veganism, vegan food, plant-based eating, whatever, I was not going to force my family to like go out of their way to go to these restaurants when they weren't even eating that way. And so I just sat there and I ate like French fries and salad and oatmeal (laughs) That's common. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then something happened on that trip where I sat there and I watched them. And let me tell you, this is the first vacation I ever lost weight on. First and last. (laughs) (laughs) Not last. (laughs) You know, like when you go on vacation, you eat real good. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to eat. And so that was the, anyway, I always say that because I've never lost weight on a vacation before ever. (laughs) (laughs) So anywho. So something happened on that trip and it was like long enough that when we came home, I was like, get these bodies out of my refrigerator. Something happened. I don't know what it was, but I no longer saw animals as food because at first that week before week or two before I was feeding my family, I was cooking animals and then something happened on that trip. I don't know. Maybe it was because I wasn't cooking animals, but something happened and I was like, get it out. And my older daughter, she had a boyfriend. I said, take it, like, take it to Jacob's house. Cause I'm not, not doing this. And so I didn't force them, but I knew that I wasn't going to have that in my house anymore. And then basically what I did was I went to the library and I got like 10 cookbooks and I was like, we going to find something that we like. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was pretty much like the beginning. And then like three weeks, two or three weeks later, my husband came home from work and he said, babe, I ate vegan at work. And we watched documentaries. We watched like Forks Over the Knives. We watched cowspiracy we watched what the health i think came out around that time we watched a bunch of them so yeah you made the decision and then start implementing all of the changes and i think that that's that's like so powerful we don't give it enough credit just by making that decision it's right. so much power in it because then it kind of gives you the okay to fail forward if that if that's the words to describe yeah. it <laughs> absolutely absolutely and you're just like okay i've already given my permit myself permission to do this thing i'm all the way in let's just find out what we can do and what i found is that i enjoyed food so much more like it so- it seemed like the heaviness of having that like heavy cheese and that heavy meat on your tongue was like hiding all this flavor and it was like i could taste for the first time it was very interesting Mm. And I like I remember vividly. I mean, this doesn't happen anymore because I'm so used to it. But I remember when I started cooking really well, and my husband and I would be like, "Oh my god!" Like we would be like having like food orgasms. (laughs) 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 Like it's so good. Like we were so into the food. It was crazy. 
Yes, yes. So I know that your husband, okay, you mentioned that he came home and said, oh, I had vegan at work. So how did the cooking and everything look at home for you? I always want to know for other families, because with my own family, I said I wasn't forcing everybody to be vegan, but I also wasn't cooking any animal products, especially when my my kids were younger. And so it was in a way like forcing them because I wasn't (laughs) cooking it and I never really thought about it until they became older and then I was like I can kind of see why that would look like it they never said I forced it on them but just you know from the outside looking in from someone else it can look like that it looked like that so how did that look for you in the early days and with your family and how is how are things looking these days so when I first transitioned just for myself it looked like I was cooking two meals but what I would do for myself was I, it was only like a week or two though, before I was like, get it out of my house. So in that two weeks before, what I would do is like bulk, I would bulk make lentils and rice and like salad fixins. And so I wouldn't have to be cooking two meals, but like we would have two meals. So I'd like make the chicken for them, like a stir fry with like animals or whatever, and then have some vegetables on the side for me. And now it looks like, pretty much everybody's on board to eat vegan except well not except my son my son eats vegan but he's like he has like the limit the most limited palate he's like a breatharian at this point surviving <laughs> on air like that's what wait isn't this is your your baby right this is your your yes. 5 year old yeah yes yes so he's he's like surviving on peanut butter and jelly carrot <sighs> celery broccoli and cauliflower like i think those are the things that he eats and crackers <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least there's some veggies in there, but it I was going like to say that broccoli's in there because a lot of kids don't like that. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like he doesn't eat anything because my daughter eats everything. Like that, that creamy chickpea recipe that you shared, everyone loved it. And he like looked at it and just gave it the hand like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know what you're missing. This is so good. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for sharing that too on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. you would not believe it. I did that recipe like, three and a half years ago, I still get people sending me DMs about it. So, and it was so, it was literally something I just threw together (laughs) from what was in the kitchen. (laughs) I love it. So, so simple, so delicious. And really you can go any direction with it. You could go with Italian seasoning. You could go with Indian seasoning. You could go with Asian seasoning. Like you could do whatever. Like that base is amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So speaking of your kids, because I know that, uh, you know, this episode, I feel like we can kind of go in so many directions. There's just so many amazing things that I want to talk about when it comes to you, because I just love your personality. Every time you send me a text memo on Instagram, when you're like working out and stuff, and you're like, I can hear you like breathing deeply because you're running. I just get so excited because I'm like, oh, Andrea's thinking about me while she's working out again. (laughs) But speaking of your kids and everything, I want to talk about how you guys are adjusting to this this new way of life because 2020 has been I don't even want to, is it, has it been a shit show? Cause I don't even, it has been a shit show, but then again, I feel like there's so much goodness that's coming out of this year. So how has it been for you and the family? It, it has been, it has absolutely, I'm just going to say the duality of this year has, it has been a shit show and like a blessing in disguise. That's what I'm going to say about this year, because it has revealed to you like who you're surrounded with. It has like let you know like exactly who you're surrounded with. So for me, it's been a little bit of both. In the beginning, it was so rough 
because I was so, I had my, my routine like down. It was like, drop the kids off, go to the gym, do the grocery shopping. You know, like I really just like was entrenched in my routine mm-hmm. and for it to just be like, just all of us in the house, it was a lot to handle, but then we got our little groove going and now we're like thriving and we're doing better than we've ever been doing. So I mean, it took a lot of patience and a lot of communication between me and my husband to be like, look, this is the way that I can thrive. And this is the way, like, we both were like, this is our, my expectation of this time. And then that's how we were able to move forward. Mm-hmm. But that was basically what it is. It was like communication. Cause in the beginning, I, w- I thought I was going to go like insane. I really did. I was like, this is too much. It's too much togetherness. It's too much. Like we're on top of each other. Like, I felt like I was just in this constant, like cooking, cleaning, bedtime, cooking, cleaning, bedtime, cooking. Like it was just too much. But once we were just like, this is what I need. I need this designated time alone. And once we kind of like got our schedules adjusted, we like, we've been, we've been doing real well. Yeah. So outside of that, what do you do for self-care and self-love? I know that that's very, very important to you. And I know that, of course, the dancing, because you do a lot of dancing on Instagram. You love dancing and you love, love music. Yes. <laughs> so outside of the outside of the dancing and the smiling, because you always have a big smile on your face, what are some of the things that you do for self-love and self-care? Because I know those are big topics for you. Absolutely. Because I, I feel like we can only love the world as deeply as our, we love ourselves. And so working on ourselves is so important. And so gratitude is one of the things. And I know it's one of those things that just seems so like overused and like so cliche at this point. Like, what are you grateful for? But seriously, though, gratitude sets you up for more goodness in your life. So the more that you're grateful, the more that your life opens up for more goodness. And like the thing that I know for sure during this time is that I'm not grateful at every moment. Some moments I'm like, I'm done. Like get me off of this roller coaster ride. I don't want it anymore. But leaning into gratitude and what I'm thankful for has definitely been one of those things that I'm like, okay, yes, this has saved me. Journaling. So yes, we have icky icky feelings. We have feelings that are uncomfortable, undesirable, but journaling about it and just getting it out of my body has been one of those things that I know has set me up for success during this time. And feeling my feelings, like that is, I feel like it's one of those underrated things, like crying. I cry so much. Like I can't, sometimes I don't even know that I'm crying. Like I'll just like, tears will be coming down from my eyes. And it's not about being sad or even depressed. Although I I deal with depression or I, you know, I have depression. It's about just feeling, you know, like feeling the the grief of what's going on in the world right now. Like Mm -hmm. allowing that space, not just like everything's happy all the time. Like sometimes you have to feel uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. That's so true. Like the, the, instead of hiding it, instead of acting like everything is okay, letting it out and kind of moving on is what it sounds like you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't dwell in it. Yeah. The more that you deny your feelings, the bigger they get. Mm -hmm. Then once you start dealing with them, you don't even know what you're dealing with anymore. But if you're like, okay, like if I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling sad, first thing I got to do, I got to move my body. And then once I put my foot to the ground, then I can like 
I could work out what it is I'm sad about. Like, what are you feeling sad about? Did someone say something to you that made you feel uncomfortable? Is it just the state of the world? Do you feel overwhelmed? Then you can actually start to work through those things. So I definitely work moving your body, not necessarily dancing, maybe stretching, maybe a walk. Those are all things that will help you get your mental together, you know? It's Monique hopping in real quick to let you know that I put together a vegan starter kit for you. So if you are vegan curious or you're a vegetarian, I put together some steps that you should take in order to make vegan life a reality for you. In the vegan starter kit, I go over meal planning, grocery shopping, eating out, and all of the steps that you need to take to get started right now in a very practical way. Head over to brownveganvip.com to download the free vegan starter kit. That's brownveganvip.com. But what does your exercise routine look like? Because like I said, you're always sending me those voice memos when you're working out, when you're running. And that sounds like that's something you do quite often. What else do you do as far as exercising and just, you know, endurance and strength training, whatever you're doing, let us know what that looks like for you. So I don't go to the gym anymore and I don't have anything in my home. So all I do now is run which makes me really sad because I miss weight training so much. Like I felt so strong. So that's something that I'd like to get back to at some point, but I don't think the gyms are even open here in California. I don't know. I haven't checked because I'm not, I'm not stepping into a gym right now, but all I do is run. I run probably about five days a week and then I walk two days a week, but every day I move my body because that's required for mental health for me. Yeah, that is, I agree with that, especially for like the first few months of quarantine, I ran every damn day. Like I was running every day. It was like four miles and I had to because I was so anxious. I couldn't kick it. I, everything I would do, I felt like I was drinking too much too. Like I was drinking, I was like bored and sitting and I just felt trapped. And so running was like outlet for me. And I, I got down to my weight loss goal, but I feel like the weight is creeping back up because I haven't been <laughs> running as much. I'm feeling better now. <laughs> right. But you're absolutely you're absolutely right. It's like an amazing outlet. It's so underrated, I think, is running. So when you run... Even walking is underrated. It like is. It's a great way to clear your mind and really just like tap in, especially if you're walking outdoors. Like you get to really tap in and you get to look around at nature and see that like nature doesn't make mistakes. Like it's all good. Like, and you get to see like what the seasons do and what, what earth like is made of, you know, like you get to see like how big and vast and I don't know, I get inspiration from like the trees and the wind and the sun and the sky. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like church. Nature is church. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. A few months ago, we were supposed to do our podcast interview. I think, what was that? Or earlier in the summer. And it then June, yeah. it was June. Yeah. And then when George Floyd was murdered, it kind of like it, we had no energy to come on oh here and God. talk about it. it. We would have been a sobbing mess. Yeah. And grieve. And it felt like there was just like this collective deep grieving that just needed to happen. And I, yeah, I think it was a good idea to just like pump our brakes and collect ourselves and then come back and have this conversation for sure. Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because I think that sometimes when we as black vegans, a lot of times people think that, if you care about animals, you don't care about people. Mm. And 
Now, we know that there are definitely some people out there who are like that. They definitely care more about animals than people. But overall, yeah, overall, I think as black people, we can definitely do more than one. We can care about animals and we can damn sure care about the injustice that happens in our community. So what does that mean to you? Here's the thing. I I feel like vegans in general. So I feel like it, it got whitewashed, right? There are communities all over the world that are not not white (laughs) and that have been pretty much practicing plant-based eating forever. But then like white veganism took over and made it its thing. And they don't really not. I don't want to say everyone, but there's not a lot of focus on like how interconnected all injustice is. And there's not a lot of focus on how all oppression is connected. And so if there's any injustice, like everyone should be linking arms and being like, yes, like we're against all oppression because in order for every system of oppression to fall, we have to be like willing to look at ourselves and see like where we're doing oppressing. So we have to be able to look within is what you mean, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. And so when, you know, when there are people in the movement that are not willing to take a stance for black lives, it's really kind of frustrating because it's like, if you can't see this as injustice, then like, what does that even mean for like, are you just vegan because the animals can't talk and they can't say like, Oh no, you're not fighting for me the right way. Or what it like, I don't know. I don't understand how people don't make the connection. It's really what I'm getting at. It's wild, isn't it? I, it's wild. It, it, it is. And it, I feel like it is important for us to say like, Hey, check other vegans that might have like racist tendencies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely believe that we can fight for, for everything all at the same time. And I was talking to someone on shamelessly fabulous Friday, a couple of weeks ago, EA, her Instagram name is EA loves life. And we were talking about how some people have this idea that if you are fighting for justice for any group, right you have to be out on the street for every movement, but that's not the case at all. You just have to speak up. You just have to use your platform and say, Hey, this is not okay. This is unjust. And so, yeah, no justice, no peace. (laughs) Exactly. Seriously. And you know, another thing too, that I think that this year has taught me, I always wanted to make a difference and have, you know, have a place in this community where I really help people, inspire people to go vegan and then help people feel like a sense of community. Because I know, especially as black vegans, we don't really, I think it's better than it used to be. But I know when I first started this journey, I really didn't know any black vegans. And so I think that my, the impact and the type of work that I want to do isn't necessarily me going to a protest, but it's more of like, what can I do to make us feel healthy and feel great, you know, as people? Like, how do, how do I make us love our lives and, and also have a thriving life and healthy life? So that's how I feel like that's, yeah, that's what my impact is. And for you, I feel like yours is making us smile, right? <laughs> well, I am trying, like, my goal is absolutely to inspire folks to live their best life from the inside out. And that, you know, that goes with like all of the mental health stuff that you do, you know, like the journaling, the moving your body, the making time for joy, all of these things are very, very important. And then it's also important what you're putting into your body. And it's also important what kind of media you're consuming. It's, it's this whole, it's holistic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This holistic approach to wellness. And I, I feel like my, my, my job here is to 
exchange energy and to like raise the vibration of the earth by igniting others. Like, oh, I didn't know I wanted to do this, but since she's doing this and it makes her so happy, maybe, maybe I can do that too. You know what I mean? It's like, I've been sent here to wake folks up, like to the joyful life that I feel like everyone desires. Everyone desires to be like happy and light and free. And so I feel like that's, that's my job. I'm an earth hype woman. <laughs> that's you are, girl. <laughs> and, you, and you do a lot of cooking. I know you have to cook for your family and cook for yourself, of course. But I see that you've been doing a lot of more. Have you always done cooking videos? Because I feel like I just started noticing that this year. I dabble in cooking videos. So I get, I get all brave and bold. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do these things, you know, and then I like, I retreat. So I think my first cooking video that I did was two years ago. And then I got like hype. I'm like, I'm going to do this some more, but like editing is not my jam. Yo, (laughs) listen, (laughs) listen. (laughs) It is not my jam. If someone could come and record me, I would be all up, all up and through the internet streets. <laughs> record and edit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Record and edit me. Like I would be all up and through the internet streets. But yeah. it's so exhausting. So anyway, to answer your question, I have done them before, but like, like the reels, those are pretty simple. Like I'm down for just like doing a little quick wham bam. <laughs> See, I need to, I haven't done that. I haven't done those yet. And everybody keeps saying, oh, you could get on there because it's real quick. But when I watch them, they don't look that easy and quick to me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it looks like this is going to take me a while. I don't know if I want to do that. Because <laughs> it looks like great. They're great. I know Instagram is loving them too. Instagram yeah, is loving sure. them. Mm-hmm. You know, TikTok reached out to me and they're like, hey, can you come create content on our platform and we'll pay you for it? Nice. And I was like, I don't, so that's, this is my problem, Monique. My problem is I don't want to be forced to do anything. I already do so much that I don't necessarily want to do, but it's like required of me as a mother and a wife. (laughs) So when someone reaches out to me, I'm like, yeah, that's good and all, but do I really want to do it? (laughs) Do I want to commit the time to that? (laughs) Because it's different if somebody's paying you because then they expect it to be done at a certain time, you know? So So, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I love doing it, but I like doing things on my time. And like, I can't, I don't know. I can't really commit to to any one thing except for like myself when I want to do it. Yeah. That's the way I work. That's the way I've always worked. I can't, I've never been on anyone else's timeline. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So what tips do you have for someone who is brand new to vegan? Even if it's just like the little baby steps, because it, it kind of goes back to what we we're saying about everything else, you know, like walking is underrated. You know, people don't give it enough credit. So what about veganism? Some, I guess, little steps that people can take right now in their lives if they want to go vegan. I would say that the number one thing that you could do is eliminate dairy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I feel like dairy of all of the industries is the most cruel of the industries. And so, and like, go ahead and do your research into that. It's just, for me, like, it's just a no. I had an experience where I was seven months pregnant and I lost my baby and my milk came in and I wasn't able to nurse a baby 
And that experience really, truly kind of opened my eyes. And I had already been vegan for a while. That experience opened my eyes to how cruel that industry is. Like, I know that people think, oh, it's just an animal, but it's, it's a mother. Like we're taking products away from a mother. So I know that that's not really like, I don't know that that's the direction that you were going in, but for me, it's just such a cruel industry. So I'd say like, let go of dairy. It's not that important. And there are other alternatives that you could use. So that's my number one tip. Just let it go. It's a cruel industry. It's not nice. Well, none of them are nice. (laughs) But I know what you mean. And I think it does a lot more devastation to not only the, like you said, the animals, but to our bodies. Like, I feel like it's the one we really don't need, like truly don't need. Yeah, it's just cruel on so many levels. So I would say like, just like ditch dairy to be gentle with yourself. Like you, if, if you're not an all in type of person, don't try to make yourself an all in type of person. Take your gradual steps, maybe like week one, you don't do dairy for one day, you know, or something like that. Like get yourself to a place where you can like take little steps that will help you reach your goal. And remember your why. If you want to go vegan, like watch Earthlings. That's one that'll be, have you saying like, oh, that's what I'm participating in. No, thank you. I will not be that person. So I I guess those are my, my three tips. Yes. Those are great tips. Yeah, they're not like, it's not quite just like, oh, it's not, I don't know. I'm just not that kind of person though. Like I'm not just, I'm not going to like stray away from talking about the animals because they, that was my drive. Right. It was like, there were all these other things, but basically like someone telling me like, you're not, this is what you're doing. And me saying like, oh my gosh, that's not in alignment with who I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, it just wasn't. So yeah. those are my three steps. Love him, love him, love him. Okay, so the final question I have for you, Andrea, is what does it mean? Because I know that your brand is called Shamelessly Fabulous, right? So what does that mean to you and what do you want to leave us with? Okay, so Shamelessly Fabulous, there's going to be like a little backstory here. (laughs) Okay, no, I want that, I want that. (laughs) Shamelessly Fabulous was born out of this place where I had had my daughter and I think it was like seven or eight months after I had her and I was so lost and I didn't know who I was anymore. And I was told all these stories about who you could be as a mother. And before I was a mother, I felt like I was pretty damn fabulous. And there was all these stories that were like, oh no, you're not going to have time to do your makeup. You're not going to have time to be cute and whatever it was, you know? And shamelessly fabulous was this way of like taking back my power and showing other women how to do the same. Right. It was like this, like, no, I'm not going to let you shame me into to making me feel like I can only be this way as a mother, like F that. But then along this journey, I realized that shamelessly fabulous was bubbling up in me forever because I've always been told like, you're too loud. You're too bold. You're too conceited. You're too like, whatever. Like there's this list of things that people have tried to shame me into staying small and being small and being quiet and, you know, not being too loud. And so shamelessly fabulous is a way of just being like, this is the way that I'm showing up in the world. Like I'm not going to take your shame and I'm going to be fabulous. And the reason that it translates into promoting a vegan lifestyle is because it's a shame what happens to animals every day in the name of food, fashion, entertainment, and all of the other ways that we use animals. 
And it's a shame what animal agriculture is doing to our environment. And it's a shame that when someone stops exploiting and using animals, we call them crazy. So I'm basically just here to share how you can live a shamelessly fabulous life without exploiting and enslaving animals. So, yeah. Yes, I love it. Thank you for that. Seriously, I love that. I love that. Continue to dance for us. Show us some good food on your reels. Absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. Just inspire with your, you bring in joy because you truly are doing that. I'm telling you, every time I see you on my timeline, I get excited. I'm always happy to see you. Seriously, you have amazing energy. You really, really do. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me here today. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope that it inspires someone to like take a walk or move their body because movement is medicine. Like, yes, that's movement. definitely what I'll, I'll move you. I'll leave you with. Movement yes, is movement is medicine. So tell us how we can follow you on Instagram or anything else you want to let us know about. So, man, I have all, man, lady goddess. <laughs> it's I a have, men. Actually, I have men listeners, believe it or not. I have like, I polled one time and it's like 10% men. I was like, okay, look at y'all out okay, here. <laughs> okay. so men, lady goddesses, all, all of you. <laughs> so I have... Um, shamelessly fabulous on instagram i'm shamelessly fabulous on youtube i have a tiktok that i don't use i also started a podcast last week that hasn't doesn't have anything on it it's also shamelessly wait fabulous. girl what wait 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 wait. we gotta st- no 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 <laughs> how in the world are you gonna start a podcast not tell me you started one <laughs> i know what, the, what is going on here <laughs> i know i know okay so what happened was what happened was get to it what happened <laughs> get to was, it I, I felt in my spirit that people needed some motivation in their life. So I was going to just like do these like 10 little, like these little tidbits. And the first episode is bubbling in my head right now. And it's called, who do you think you are? And I'm going to tell some people about themselves in a really good, positive, uplifting way. Oh, okay. Let me know. <laughs> well, I want to hear more about it. Okay. So you have to send me a link or something. Uh-oh. <laughs> I will. Seriously, when I have this podcast, like when I have my first episode, because the trailer is already there, so you can go listen to that. But when I have the first episode up, I will definitely let you know. But yeah, I've I've got like little unfinished projects everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) What is it called? What is the the podcast called? It's called Shamelessly Fabulous. Okay, What else do I have? I also have a blog. So there's like food and stuff over there too. So yeah. Yes. Okay. Well. Well, I'm excited to listen to podcasts. Thank you so much again for being on the show. I always appreciate my conversations and just continue to continue to spread joy and I'll continue to make you laugh on Insta Story. <laughs> I love it. Yes, 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 for sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. All of the show notes will be at brownvegan.com. So check those out. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode. Come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle over there is at brownvegan. Have a great day and I will talk to you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.